Well, first of all, I would just want to thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart and my wife. Uh, recognize a lot of faces, but thankfully there's a lot of new faces, which shows a lot of growth at the church here, and we're really thankful for that. We were up last year uh, visiting. Believe it or not, Rusty does have a friend, Brother Bill, and uh, he pays for us to come up to visit, so here we are. Uh, we are staying at the Dill Spa and Resort. We'll put it on TripAdvisor when we're done. Uh, you can look that up. Um, so far, so good, but uh, we had to book six months in advance to get the room that they have, but uh, you know, I'd tell you to just check TripAdvisor when we're done. I don't want to kind of get ahead. We've only been there for a night or two, and you know it could drastically go downhill. So, um, Nonetheless, I won't take long. We have a couple other to introduce, and you're Baptist, and I know you smell the food as I do. The potluck is definitely at the top of your thought process right now, I'm sure. Um, but we are so thankful and privileged to be here. I've been um, with Pastor Tom King in the Central Valley, uh, just below Fresno, maybe 30 miles south of Fresno and about 60 miles north of Bakersfield. We joined uh, New Testament Baptist Church in January of 94. We moved into the valley, actually uh, New Year's Day, came up from Southern California. I actually grew up in New York for the first 10 or 11 years up in the country. My family moved to Southern California, and then as time would, we ended up in the Central Valley, and we've been active members in our church for the last 28, going on 29 years. Um, I've served there as a deacon probably most of that time. I was a young Christian when I got there. Um, the pastor really didn't have a, a large group of people dependent on us way more than we were ready for as we were young Christians, but we went through trial by fire and learned a lot of the ropes firsthand. And thankful we did. The pastor had a Bible institute that he had brought and put together there that, we, uh, that I, I went through in uh, 2004 through 2008 and uh, got all my schooling under his ministry there, and I'm thankful for it. And over the time uh, serving there, um, I was in the Department of Corrections for 24 years, California's finest, uh, dealing with all the best people in the state that they have to offer. Uh, just tons of love there. Enjoyed my job every day I went there. Just a, a blessing to be there. Smiled every day I went because I knew I got to go home. Uh, but I retired two years ago, decided I would take up Brother uh, Bill's beard challenge. think I'm beating him now, so uh, uh, we may change it up. It was miserable. I heard the uh, testimony of how hot and thankful you are for the 70 degrees. We came from 110, so I can wear a jacket, and I am quite comfortable still. Uh, we've been dealing with the last month and a half. With We were lucky to have 102 and as high as 110. My son will be joining us with his wife next Wednesday for a week here, and uh, he's down there. I asked him how it was today. He said 107. I said, man, you know, your mom's in here, and she's got the heater on in the back room, and he didn't want to. I think we got disconnected, but I don't know. Uh, uh, so uh, I'd like to thank the brother for the bear story. I had my wife going with me on a walk tomorrow. Not happening. Uh, that's over with. We were here last year, and we were walking up and down as the Dills were living here, and there were several bears in the neighborhood, and my wife decided to run. And I said, of all the things you don't do is run. And I can easily outrun her, but I had to be the bear bait and go slow, pushing her. And I had her going for a walk this week, but you just ruined it. So uh, it is what it is. So I'll be out there by myself. But, uh, but as God would have it, he's used me uh, as, he, as he has liked. We've availed ourselves through the ministry of our church there. Um, with Pastor King. Uh, he's led the Central Valley with a lot of events, uh, our Master's Men event. We'll be talking to your pastor about that, that we have every May, right before Mother's Day. We bring in key speakers across the United States, some uh, strong evangelists to come there for the men, stoke the fires of the men, get them on board, 
Uh, we're talking about a life verse. I love Jude 3, earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Uh, our faith is attacked on every side now. Um, uh, the biggest denomination in America right now is no denomination. People don't want church. They don't want God. The ones that are following are following in false, faith, false religion, and, are, and we're under attack. And uh, God has been good to use, uh, use our ministry there in the Central Valley. Uh, pastor has utilized me especially a lot more since I retired, but even leading into that uh, with other uh, churches of our like faith that we fellowship in the valley up and down, down to the Bakersfield area, out to Atascadero by the coast. We've done time where we've spent months covering pulpits when they've changed over pastors, uh, and then we've done other fill-ins, and just God has been using me to be able to uh, do these things. And, and it was a great honor. Like I said, when Pastor Anania called us in January uh, and uh, asked us to be here for your 25th, uh, I can't tell you what an honor it is for us um, to be looked at, to be asked to come in that capacity. Um, Honestly, words can't describe it. And I hope this week for me, what the, the Lord's laid on my heart, I had asked Pastor what he was wanting for this, and he said, as the, as the Lord would lead you. And uh, I know what God's laid on my heart and the messages that he's prepared for me on the nights that I'm asked to speak. And, and my goal will be on any kind of Sunday morning, I just want to be straightforward with you. If it's Sunday morning and I'm preaching, it's going to be straight, clear-cut gospel message because Sunday mornings is your highest opportunity. There's people that may never come into a church again. And, and the gospel should excite the believer. Even if you've heard it time and time again, that's, that's the love of your Savior dying for you. And when somebody comes in on a Sunday morning, that's the, that may be the only shot you got. So I'm going to be straight up front. Anytime that I'm here Sunday morning, I'm going to be shooting for that person that's a visitor. And, it, and if you're saved, glory to God, I hope that it stokes your fires just knowing what a Savior you have. And on the other nights that I'm asked to speak, as God's laid on my heart, I hope I can challenge you have a closer walk with your Lord. I hope I can stoke those fires that are in you because, you know, it is a long journey. And sometimes we get weary and sometimes we get tired. But, you know, God is good to us every single day. We have so much to be thankful for. And I, I pray that as God has laid it on my heart that it comes across to you and what he's done and what he can continue to do in your life every single day. And it is, it is truly an honor to be here. Me and my wife do not take it lightly. Uh, we, we loved it the time we were here uh, last year meeting you. We hope to know you even better this time. And I just, I hope you pray for us, uh, that God would use us accordingly. And again, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to be here, Pastor. Very much thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's see what I got. It's free. And uh, if you can do one for family, that's about all that I have uh, available there. I just finished this book up, and it's about uh, a missionary that I work with down on the Amazon River, Brother Kenneth Cates. He went there with no promised support and didn't know the language nor the people, but he knew God wanted him to go, and he stepped out by pure, raw faith. And his motto was, can God do today what he's done in days gone by? And I helped him write that book about his life. He passed away about 11 years ago, and as he crossed the Negro River, his heart was uh, in trouble, and as he crossed the Black River, uh, one of the brethren were with him, and he lifted up his hands toward heaven, just slumped back and went to be with the Lord. And the doctor said his heartbeat stopped in the middle of that river, pours right into the Amazon. But then that next day, they had to have the funeral. You have to bury them in 24 hours. And uh, while they were there, Brother Dressou, the other fellow on the front of this paper, uh, his brother Kenner's son-in-law, all the ministry fell on his shoulders. Brother DeSue said he stood there at that grave and he threw the first handful of dirt in and he made a prayer and he said, Lord, we don't know the people that Brother Kenneth knew. 
and I don't know how to operate this ministry. And Lord, he did so much for us. He said at that point, God interrupted his prayer. He said, it wasn't Kenneth, it was me through him. And as I was with him, I will be with you. And you know what happened? That heartbeat started again. And through these last 11 years, you can hear the strong heartbeat of that ministry going on and what God's done. And it's a lot about the stories. We've got some exciting things that the Lord's done. But anyhow, if you want one, come by and pick it up. But it's a blessing to be back here at New Hope Baptist Church. The first time I came, I stayed in that Sunday school room right there. And uh, we, it, was, it was beginning for the ministry. I remember uh, meeting Brother Richard Inslee. Uh, it was about 2000. I was doing a radio share and as I was sitting there and on the mic, raising funds and all of that, he walked through the back door, and I called on him. I said, Brother Richard, you come up here and tell us what's going on in southeast Alaska. He didn't even know that I knew him, but I had this little card that I'd picked up in my Bible, and I'd been praying for him a long time. And then the Lord gave us opportunity to come here, and uh, this 25 years, it's amazing. Uh, when we first came, he spent the first three years preaching to Miss Arlene, and she needed every message. Amen. <laughs> uh, but it had been easy for him to quit. And then when he came back the next session, he got the job down at the IGA Stocking Grocers and all that. And then, you know, the story behind Brother John Tollett and the others that had gotten saved, and the Lord started opening doors, and he began delivering pizzas and a gospel tract and an invitation to the church and God started blessing and uh, the ministry started growing and uh, y'all know more about all that than I do. But I think about this. He's a mountain boy. It raised just a few mountains over for where I was raised in western North Carolina. And for him to leave there and to come here took the mercies of God working in his heart and a divine call. And Richard told me, he said, God sent me here. This is not somewhere you go through, it's somewhere you go to. And God sent him to this community and to you because he loves you and he's got a people and he cares about you. God could have sent him anywhere else in the world he wanted to, but he sent him here. And then the Lord gave him a long ministry and I came preach many meetings for him. And then, as you know, at the last meeting that I preached, uh, right after that, he's pressure washing the church, came in, sat down in the chair. Arlene went to bed, heard a thump, and he was gone. His work was finished. His part was finished. And this church went through difficult times seeking a pastor, and I sent my son-in-law up here. And he owns a logging business, all kind of, and he earnestly prayed about that as much as anything he's ever prayed about. And he wanted to come, but God said no. Then the Lord, in mercy, sent you, uh, Brother Roy, and gave him experience and wisdom and uh, the ability to be able to labor and pastor in this congregation. And when I talked to him on the phone and I talked to others, I saw what God's doing. He's not finished with this work. It's now an indigenous, self-supporting, financially, you got the bases covered, mission-wise, continuing to reach out. This is just the beginning. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. From starting out preaching to Miss Arlene to what it is now, you know what that is? That's a divine miracle. Because Jesus said, and this is one of my favorite verses, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not 
prevail against it. And God's building His church and the Lord's saving souls. And I want to thank you as well for your monthly support that you send to our ministry, Trumpet and Noble Truth Ministries. He's talking about Africa. We've got ministries going on in Kenya, Africa. It's southern Africa. I know y'all are up in um, Nairobi and all that. Uh, but since I've been here, I've been around the world and back several times, India, Brazil, Australia, Africa, it just goes on and on. I'm an evangelist. God didn't send me to be a, uh, uh, stay in one place. I'm like Philip who preached in Samaria, and then he chased an Ethiopian down, then he chased some Philistines down, then he wound up over in Caesarea, and he just continued... That's my job, going around and doing those things. And it's a real blessing for me to be back here again. And when you and I, my, uh, your pastor talked, uh, we got a kindred spirit. Brother, I thank God for you. And it's a blessing to me that the Lord sent you here to feed the sheep. And when God, one thing he said about to the church at Ephesus, he said, because you've left your first love, I will remove your candlestick out of his place. He said, repent and do the first work. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. And that's what New Hope Baptist Church has to continue to do. Keep falling in love with Jesus over and over again. Now, I've got my best friend, Mike Murray, and his son, Casey, with me. And uh, I told them, I said, I want you to meet these folk up here. Mike was raised in Alaska. His dad was in the military. And Casey had never been to Alaska. So I'll tell you how blessed Casey is now. He's thrilled to stand down here at the culvert and catch pinks. <laughs> Amen. That's how thrilled he is to be here, praise God. And I'm glad they got to come. And then also my son Bridger, he's not a stranger here. He's been here before. As a few taters and beans ago, he's grown quite a bit, become quite a man, and I thank God for Bridger. He's raised in the home of an evangelist, uh, D.L. Moody. Yeah, I'm afraid he lost his sons, and I uh, think about so many evangelists that their sons and daughters got soured because of the strenuous ministry of evangelism. God's let me take him with me all over the world. And uh, he's been a part of the ministry. And I'm grateful to God for that. And I'm thankful that he's able to be here with me. The Lord called him to preach back years ago. And the Lord's working in his heart. So you do pray for him. And uh, I got a grandson named Boone. And that's after Daniel Boone. He's after Jim Bridger, the mountain man, if you ever heard of that. So anyhow, we're mountaineers. But uh, Boone had struggling times with salvation he just couldn't get it it just wasn't the light wasn't turned on yet but uh he went to hear his uncle preach and uncle john got in the altar with him to pray with him and old boone was praying he was just praying his heart out and john got down there to hear what he was praying and old boone said oh god oh god give bridger a smoking hot wife <laughs> <laughs> oh my so a little later on old Boone you know I'm a 45 year evangelist and I witnessed to him he's my grandson 10 years old we 
Man, we do all build chicken pens. We just do all kinds of stuff together. And of course, I'm witnessing to him all the time, but it just it wasn't resonating. But the other night, sitting around the kitchen table, they asked the blessing. And Boone said, Mama, I got to get saved right now. And they got up, and he got over there on his knees. He said, Poppy, before my knees hit the ground, Jesus already saved me. God that commanded the light to shine out of darkness, shine the light of that glorious gospel in that boy's heart. And that's what it takes to be saved. Well, I thank God for the privilege to carry the gospel around the world. And you've been a part of that through these years, many years, to be able to enable us to go and do what we have done. And we love you, New Hope Baptist. I'm looking forward to this week. Hallelujah. All right. God bless you. What the Lord's done for me, you know, that's a special thing about a testimony. Is that your personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's what He's done for you? You know, Dad was talking about growing up in an evangelist home. Uh, growing up, I was in church nine months before I was born. That's all I had ever known, and I wasn't just in church Sunday and Wednesday. A lot of times, I'd be in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, back Sunday again. Sometimes a couple times a day. And I heard the gospel preached over and over and over again. I heard it, but it never, you know, it never hit me. But I remember being in a tent meeting in Concord, North Carolina, and it was hot and humid, and there was mosquitoes everywhere. And I remember sitting there, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, if you die lost without me, you're going to die and go to hell forever and eternity. And boy, that that tore me up. I, I knew what I needed to do. I knew I needed to be saved, but... Six years old, I was afraid that if I asked God to save me, that he wouldn't, that I was too wicked and I was too evil. Amen. But what I hadn't told you is, while being in all these meetings with Dad, I had got kicked out of every nursery in the southeast. I had uh, left bite marks on babies' heads, knocked little girls over the head with blocks. I was mean. And it wasn't because uh, Dad didn't take care of me. He was very patriotic. He supplied the stripes, and I turned red and blue and saw the stars. Amen. (laughs) I was just mean. It was in me. I was mean as a devil, but I was afraid to call on him. If I call on him, he won't save me. I laid in bed at night, and I'd cry myself to sleep, knowing that I was destined for hell without him. And this went on for all summer long, meeting after meeting. I was miserable. I didn't want to go because I knew what was going to happen. God was dealing with my heart. I remember being in Tennessee one night, and I remember Lord just spoke to me so real. He said, you need to get saved, and you need to get saved now. And he was preaching on Lazarus, being raised, uh, the old man of sin, into the newness of life. Really being able to enjoy life. And I remember crawling in the altar and saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Will you please save me? And I remember he saved me, he changed me, and it's been different ever since. Life Without Christ, life without salvation is misery. Amen. Uh, You don't know the meaning of life. No man knows the meaning of living until Christ has entered into his heart. And I grew up, I grew up in church, I grew up on the field, I grew up all over the earth. I spent almost as much time out of the country as I did in the country during the summers out of school. But I got up older, 14, 15, 16 years old, and I loved baseball, and that's all I lived for. I'd got bitter in my heart on God. I'd got backslidden. I'd, um, you know, I'd gotten 
fed up, I'd let the devil get in my heart and in my mind. And I was ready to throw church away. That's all I wanted to do was play baseball. I was going to go play college ball. That was my dreams. That's what the devil told me my dreams was. And I remember Dad taking me to schools, and I got to go to some different colleges. And That was going to be it, but the Lord started knocking on my heart. He said, you're going to preach. I said, oh, Lord, no, I'm not either. You got the wrong man. I fumble my words. I can't read good. I come up with so many excuses, it was pitiful. But the Lord said, you're going to preach. And I ran from it all summer long, as long as I could run. And I remember the Lord speaking to me. He said, you can go without preaching. You can be miserable the rest of your life. I said, all right, Lord, here it is. It's all yours. And I, if you're hanging on to something, if something's holding you back from serving the Lord, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing more miserable than being lost, but I'd say that the only thing more miserable than that is being a child of God and knowing that God has something for you in your life and uh, you've got something keeping you from it. You're holding back. And I was scared to death. I thought it would make me miserable. I thought my life would be over. I grew up, I saw everything that happened in the background in a preacher's home, but I said, you know what, Lord, you know better than I do. And I surrendered to preach, and that's that's the best decision that the Lord's ever presented before me is to follow after Him. And it's not always been, I'd lie to you if I said it was easy, because it's not. Boy, there's nothing more satisfying than being in the Lord. Let me encourage you, church, that God is not done with the youth. Amen? He's not done with the young people. I'm a... Assistant youth pastor at a mountain southern Baptist church. And I'm here to tell you it's full of heathens. (laughs) Say amen. It's right in the middle of Green River, North Carolina. And uh, we've got all kind of troubled kids. But it doesn't matter how old you are. Your age does not limit how God can use you. Whether you be six years old or 96 years old. If you'll start out young, it'll be worth it all in the end. I'd just like to thank you for having me and thank the Lord. Uh, for what he's done for me.